We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. Turn with me very quickly in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 15. I want to bring to you a word today, and I promise I'm not going to hold you very long today. Thank you, praise and worship team, for blessing us today with such amazing praise and worship. Amen. Aren't you so thankful for an amazing team that would lead us into the throne room of grace? Amen. Luke chapter 15. <clears throat> I'm only going to read a, a couple of scriptures here. Um, and, and yes, all of our kids are staying in today uh, because of our back to school Sunday. felt to preach this word today I don't I don't really know if it I don't really know if it necessarily would be considered a back to school message today uh, but I just feel to let the church know what I feel in my spirit today Luke chapter 15 I'm going to begin in verse 1 <clears throat> the Bible says this then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Now, if you have your Bible out right now, you probably realize that the next portion of this entire chapter is all in red because Jesus is about to speak. And I'll go into what he's going to speak about here in just a moment. But before I do, I want us to pray, and I want, to ask, I want us to ask God to help us today. And the title of my sermon today is this, This Man Receiveth Sinners. This Man Receiveth Sinners. Would you pray with me today, Lord? I thank you so much for what we feel in this house. Your presence and your power is so rich and so good, and I pray today that your word would permeate our hearts and our minds and our spirits that we would not only be hearers of the word but we would be doers of the word also and God we'll be so careful to give you praise and give you glory and give you honor we thank you today that you receiveth sinners we pray it in your precious name the church said in Jesus name amen you may be seated in the presence of God Luke 15, if you've been here at Truth Chapel for a while, uh, you know that Luke 15 is probably my favorite chapter in the Bible. I, I preach a lot and teach a lot from the book of Luke, chapter 15. Uh, one of the reasons I believe that the book of Luke, chapter 15, speaks so deeply to my spirit is because I find myself in the book of Luke, chapter 15. The book of Luke, chapter 15 uh, will be the, the, the place, the location in the Bible where we will get a view of a story of a young man. The Bible will call him the prodigal, the prodigal son. And uh, I believe that this, this portion of Scripture, this chapter, speaks to me so deeply because I know exactly what the life of a prodigal son is like. And I also know what it feels like to come home. And I also know what it feels like to be a sinner. 
Yep. Because I'm a sinner today, as are you, as are we. Today, we've all pulled up to the table that Christ has set before us, and we are all sinners. And he receiveth such. This man receiveth sinners. In the book of Luke, chapter 15, the Bible says that in this moment, a large crowd gathered unto Jesus. And the Bible is specific, Luke is specific in pointing out who's in the crowd. And this is what he says. He says, then drew near unto him all publicans and sinners for to hear him. This is how Luke would describe this moment. That as people drew near to him, Luke recognized that the crowd was full of publicans and sinners. Publicans were outcasts among the Jews because they were Jews who had taken a job with the Roman government to collect taxes of their own people. They were considered the worst of the worst. So here we have a group of outcasts, people who don't fit in, people who don't make the cut, and sinners, just rank sinners, run-of-the-mill sinners. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained. The Bible says they murmured. They were murmurers, and they, they, they gossiped amongst themselves. They, they talked amongst themselves, and they said, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Not only was it bad enough that he received sinners, but he ate with them. You see, receiving sinners is one thing, but eating in the Jewish culture, to sit down and eat with somebody in their world at the time, still that way now, in that country even now, if you sit down with someone and you eat with them, it's, it's, it's a moment of brotherhood. It's a moment of connection. If you eat in my house in that country, you're my family now. Like, like we're connected. Eating is a big thing among the Jewish people. If you come to my house and you eat my food, we're brothers now. You come to my house and you eat my food, you agree with me now. I agree with you. We're connected. And so not only do these scribes and Pharisees, not only are they blown away that Jesus is even talking to these people, but they make a note that he eats with them as well. It's not just a casual conversation. It's not just a casual moment of connection, but Jesus has a relationship with these people. He's eating their food. He's eating in their homes. He not only meets them, receives them, but he eats with them. The scribes and the Pharisees, their biggest mistake was that they thought they were different than them. They thought, because of my religion, I'm better than these people. I'm better than the publican, and I'm better than the sinner. You see, the Pharisees and the scribes thought of themselves to be a higher class of human being than these people that were talking with Jesus. You see, in almost every part of the world today, we have all the church folk that wants the preacher to get all the sinners right 
And then we have all the sinners that want the preacher to get the religious people right. But can I tell you, no man is right when you're sitting next to Jesus. Can I say it again? Nobody is right when you're sitting next to Jesus. When you pull up on Jesus' block, you need to know that every man is level on this block. When you sit down next to Jesus, you need to know that there is none perfect save him and he himself. That none of us can stand today and say that we're better than the next man. And if you are in this house today and you are without sin, come shake my hand. I want to meet you so I can ask you to leave promptly. Because you are embarrassing the rest of us who fall short of the glory of God. Who can't seem to get it right all the time. Who make mistakes on a daily basis. That let our anger and our temper and our personality get ahead of the Holy Ghost that's supposed to be inside of us. I would tell you, please leave us alone because we're just a bunch of Christians trying to maintain our Christianity. I'd say, please go somewhere else. You're embarrassing us because all of us in here, we're just going one day at a time. Sweet Jesus is all I'm asking of you. Would you let me make it one more day? These publicans and scribes in their mind thought that they were better than these people. They thought, we, 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 we can't believe that Jesus is meeting with them, talking with them, and eating with them. Would they have liked it better if he only talked with them? Would they have been more happy if he would only have spoken to them? He tried to talk to them, but every time he talked to them, they could not hear his word. They wanted to argue. I never see a moment in the Bible where a sinner argues with Jesus. Only scribes and Pharisees. When the sinner hears the word, the sinner's heart is pricked. When the sinner hears the word, the sinner says, please tell me what I must do to be saved. When the sinner hears the word, the sinner says, oh, that's good news. But when the Pharisee hears the word, he says, well, didn't Moses say? Well, did, did, you know, our forefather said. That's why Jesus would look at the woman caught in adultery and he would call her daughter and he would tell her, woman, go and sin no more. But he would look at the scribes and Pharisees and he would call them a den of vipers. He would call them coffins. You're a coffin. You're pretty on the outside and inside you're full of dead men's bones. Because this man receiveth sinners. I want to tell everybody in my hearing today that Jesus wants to receive you today. I know how we talk, you know, we receive him. If any man received Christ, you hear things like that spoken in churches today. But listen, Christ received us before we ever knew who Christ was. Jesus received us before we ever had a chance to receive him. I know you may hear at some churches that they may say, accept the Lord as your personal Savior. But listen, long before I ever thought about accepting anybody, Jesus accepted me when he died on the cross for my sins and shed innocent blood so that I might be free today. Here's what he'll say. He knows the scribes are talking. They're running their mouth in the background. Look at this man. He receiveth sinners. He knows they're talking. He understands. He hears their words. And here are the sinners and the publicans, so to speak. They've drawn close to hear him. And so here's what he says. Here's what he says to sinners. Jesus is talking to sinners. And here's what he says to sinners. He says, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that that he lost. 
He's talking to sinners. He's not preaching at Truth Chapel on a Sunday. He's not standing in the synagogue preaching to learned men. He's talking to people that are lost. He's not preaching to the scribes and the Pharisees right now. Right now, he's preaching to the sinners and the publicans. And he tells them a story. He says, listen, what man of you, which one of you, if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one of them, wouldn't leave that ninety and nine and go into the wilderness and go after that which was lost? Oh, you know what Jesus is trying to tell us right here? He's not, no, no, no. He's not saying, uh, listen, I don't receive, I just don't receive sinners, but I look for them. He's saying, he's saying, I will find you. I'm looking for you. And he said, when he found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he come home, he calleth his friends and he called his neighbors. And he said unto him, I found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner. He's talking to sinners. He's speaking to sinners. And the sinners are hearing this message of hope. Here's the message of hope. I'm looking for you. I'm coming for you. I got to find you. I know I have 99 sheep that decided to stay home. But those 99 sheep that decided to stay home will not stop me from leaving home to find the one that got lost. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the 99 that didn't run away. Thank God for the 99 that stayed the, the course. Thank God for the 99 that never thought about leaving. But I praise God for a God that will leave the 99 and go find the one. Because if we're talking about percentages today, I'm that 1% that left the 99 and found my way into a place I didn't know where I was. I couldn't see my way home. I was lost in the desert. And you know, he came and found me right in the middle of all my mess. Uh, he's talking to sinners. This man receives sinners. This is not a message for the church. This is a message for the sinner. I'll find you. And when I find you, all of heaven shall rejoice. We're going to throw a party. Break out the streamers. Get the music ready. We're going to throw a party over one sinner. Just one of you. We don't need ten. We just need one. I know we don't really rejoice when just one sinner repents. We got to have a large number. But heaven only needs one. I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what you got to do to break out the party banners in heaven. Just one person. Say, you know what? I realize I'm a sinner. But I'm coming because Jesus is looking for you today. Hey. And here's what he said. Here's what he said. I want you to just get the details of this story. This is my favorite chapter. So I've, I've, I've been through here twice, uh, two million times, forward and backwards and sideways. I, I, I want to show you what happens. The, the, <laughs> the shepherd says, I put him on my shoulders. I did not require him to find his way back. I put him on my shoulders and I carried him back. I didn't make him. Listen, he decided to get lost, but I didn't make him come back the way he came. I put him on my shoulders and I carried him back. Listen, we got to stop making people try to find their way back from the darkness. We got to stop trying to make people to come all the way. No, we need some shepherds that'll say, come get on my shoulders. I'll carry you. You don't have to walk the way you walked before. I'll show you the way. I'll carry you. Oh, this man receives sinners. He's preaching to sinners. He's talking to sinners. 
He's telling sinners, listen, I know you're lost, but I'll find you. And when I find you, I'll put you on my shoulders. I'll go get the family. We'll turn up the music and we'll have a party over one sinner. Oh, yeah. He said, he said, he said, he said, we'll rejoice way more with the one that needs to be found than with the 99 that need no repentance. Now imagine if you're a scribe and a Pharisee and you're overhearing this message that Jesus is preaching to the sinners. You're like, he talking about us. We the 99. We're the ones who need no repentance. Little do they know, they're the one that's lost. Listen, it's easy for saved folk to read this scripture and find yourself in the 99. Nobody from the 99 is sitting around Jesus on that day. What they don't know is the 99 he's talking about ain't them. I don't know where you find yourself in this story, but baby, you ain't the 99. This is a fictitious 99 and a very real one. We, we, we don't ever see the 99. Do you know the 99? Do you know someone who don't need repentance? Do you know anybody in the 99? I don't know anybody in the 99. But I do know some ones. I do know some ones. He says, we, we're not rejoicing over the 99 that need no repentance. We're rejoicing over the one who was lost and now was found. He said, either... Either, either, let me, let me tell you, let me say, either, what woman, what woman, uh, you know, that had ten pieces of silver and somehow lost, uh, so, somehow lost that, that one piece of silver. She lost one piece. She has, she has ten pieces and, and she just loses one piece. Doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, he, he, he's, he's saying the sheep got lost in the wilderness. Just out there. Running around. Lost. He said, but the coin got lost in the house. Right under the nose of the lady that had it. The coin was lost in the house. She had 10, and when she looked down, one was gone. Now, a sheep has legs. So the sheep decided to leave. The sheep was like, bah. The sheep had ADHD, and the sheep was just walking with the sheep. He was like, squirrel. And look, oh, where, where'd they go? Because the sheep had legs. The coin don't have no legs. The coin don't decide one day, you know what, I'm jumping off this dresser and I'm going to go live in freedom in the, in, the, in the pillows of the couch. There ain't never been a coin in your possession that decided one day, you know what, I'm going under the refrigerator today. That's my place. I'm leaving now. I'm leaving everything behind. I'm going to go live under the refrigerator. No coin in your house has ever done that. The coin doesn't have a decision. The coin was lost by the woman. 
The coin didn't make a decision to leave. The woman was careless with the coin. Oh, somebody hit, hit me preach today. She had it, but then she didn't have it. There was a hole in her pocket. There was a hole in the purse. She, she, she swept them off the counter into her purse and didn't realize one missed the person, fell on the ground and rolled under the cabinet. She didn't see it. It was her mistake to lose it. But just because it was her mistake didn't mean she didn't light a candle. Oh, hallelujah. I know there's some folks in here today, maybe you're not in church today because the church was careless with you. Hear me preach for this a little while. And listen, I know there's some folks in church that and, and maybe sitting in this room today or maybe watching online at a different time or maybe listening to a podcast somewhere. And the church didn't handle you well. The church lost you. You didn't decide one day you was just going to act crazy. The church hurt you. The church didn't hold you correctly. The church lost you. The church didn't see you slide under the cabinet. The church didn't notice you missing for a year, never called, never text, nothing. The church did your own. The church lost you in the house. You were in the house. You were in the house. You were on the pew. You were in the altar. But the church is just a normal thing. It's just human flesh. It's not that the church didn't love you. It's not that the church didn't like you. It was an accident. We were here one day and you were gone the next. I apologize for what the church did. But the church has to get out a candle. I said the church needs to get out a candle. The church needs to get out a broom. And the church needs to look. Look. I wonder, I wonder how many we'd have today if the church would light a candle and say, you know what? I know we can go out there and find lost sheep, but baby, we can look right here in the house. We can look right there, some lost ones right here in the room. If you're in this room today and the church lost you on accident, can I apologize for you? And can I tell you that I'm lighting a candle? I'm calling you. I'm texting you. I'm looking for you. If you get a call from me, it's because I'm looking for you. If you get a text from me, it's because I lit a candle and I want to know where you're at. My bad. My bad. But we cannot leave it. And when we find it, oh, when we find what you found it, 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 she called the neighbors. Ah, I found my coin. I found my coin. You're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it, girl. It was under my nightstand the whole time. I was sleeping right next to it. It was as close as the mention of his name, but I didn't see it. It was out of sight, out of mind, but I found it. Girl, you got to come over. We're about to throw a party because I found my coin that was lost is now found. I'm excited. Come on to the house. Let's rejoice. These, these people that are, that are watching this, they're like, uh, I don't understand. I, I've lost stuff in my couch, found it, and never called anybody to let them know I found it. He's like, I know because you don't rejoice over lost things. I know, because you don't rejoice over lost things. But I tell you, I tell you, likewise, I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Oh, yeah, there's sinners in the wilderness, and there's sinners in the house. And they all know what they do. They all know what they do with the sheep, and they all know what they do with the coin. But then he comes right down to their house and sits down on the couch beside him. And he says, a certain man had two sons. 
See, these are objects that we can, you know, we can put into our mind these objects, this, this coin and the sheet. You know, these are just objects of affection. And, you know, have them or lose them, it's okay. You know, you lose a sheet, I got 99, it'll be all right. I, you, you lose a coin, you know, I can't find it. But, you know, I got nine. Thank God, thank God I didn't lose all ten. Thank God. But when a man has two sons, this isn't something you can walk away from easily. Because the younger son said, hey, Dad, I want everything that belongs to me now. I know, I know I'm supposed to wait until you die, but I want it now. The father did it. He said, okay, cool. He gave to his sons his living. And the younger son took his portion. And he went to a far country, and he, he, he lived it up. He had a great time. He wasted his substance with riotous living. He just enjoyed himself, and you know the story. It wasn't many days that the younger son, you know, he, he started realizing that there was a famine in the land. He spent all. There was a famine. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the, the, husk that the swine did eat. He, he, for, I mean, he, he was looking at pig food thinking, that looks delicious. And, and because, he, because he looked at that, because he saw that, that food, and because he, he realized in his mind this, this, this food looks delicious because he thought that, he came to himself. The Bible says he would have eaten what the swine did eat. And he came to himself. He was like, hold up, wait a minute. I was about to eat this. What in the world is wrong with me? You ever get in a moment in your life where you just do something so dumb that it wakes you up? You're like, hold time out. Did I... Did I just do that? Did, 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 did I just, did I just, did I really almost do this? And the Bible said it, it came to himself and he said, you know what, this is crazy. I'm out here, I'm about to eat pig food. I'm literally about to eat the pig food. And my father, in my father's house, his slaves, his servants have food and enough to eat and to spare. And here I am, I perish with hunger. You know what? I'm going home. I'm going home. See, the sheep never decided to come home, and the coin couldn't. But the son said, I'm coming home. He made a decision. No one lost him in the house. And he didn't get lost because he was just like not paying attention. He left with intention to leave. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Goodbye. See you later. Sayonara. I'm out. And he left with intention in his heart, and he left. He just walked out of the room. And he was done. He was gone forever. I'm out of here. I'm never going back home. But life punched him in the face. And he said, wait a minute. I got to go back home. And so he, 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 he says, he, he plans a scenario out in his mind. And he says, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell my dad, look, dad, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry that I left. I don't even want to be your son again. Just make me a slave. Make me a servant. I'll just stay in the servants' quarters, and, and I'll eat servants' portions, and I'll just, you know, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll work from sunup to sundown, but I know, at least I know here, I, at least I know here I can have food. And so he did. He 
packed his bags, and he went home. And, and, and the closer he, he got to home, I, I, I'm 100% certain that the closer that he got to his house, the, the more he began to realize how nervous this moment was. I'm, I'm certain that the closer he got home, uh, the, the, the more his heart began to pound. And, and the closer that, that he got to his house, the, the more he realized, man, this is a bad deal. This is tough. You know, I, I'm about to have to eat all the crow. I'm, I'm about to have to face my father face to face. And shame and guilt was probably riding on him. And I, I want to en en encourage somebody today. This man received sinners. Yes, he received sinners. Uh, you don't have to feel shame and guilt and condemnation. Because as this young man got closer to home, realizing what was about to happen, playing out in his mind how mad his father would be, how disappointed his father would be, how angry his father would was be. To his uh, amazement, the father wasn't mad and the father wasn't disappointed and the father wasn't angry, but the father was waiting. Waiting. The father was not mad at him. The father was looking for him. The father wasn't angry with him. The father was anticipating his return. The father wasn't mad. The father wasn't angry. The father didn't have a whole list of things that this boy had to do to get right. But when the father saw him afar off, he lit off his parapet. He jumped down off the wall and he ran to his son. He ran to him. And you can imagine this boy watching his father run to him thinking he's what is going on here? This man's going to kill me. And he's running and he's running and his arms open and he falls on him, embraces him, kisses him. And as the son feels the love, this man receiveth sinners. As the son feels this love, it leads him to repentance. You know what the love of Christ wants to do to you today? The love of Christ wants to lead you to repentance. When you feel his arms around you, you have to do what the son did. The Bible says that when he fell on him and he embraced him, the Bible says the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. That's what happened. Verse 20, he arose, came to his father, but when he was yet a, far, a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And when the son felt this love, here's what he did. He said, I've sinned. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. I, 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 and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. I've messed up. I'm not even worthy to be here. I'm not worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. This man receiveth sinners. I don't know how far away you are today. Maybe, maybe you're in this room today. Maybe you looked up one day and you realize I'm far away from God. You know, maybe you looked up one day and you realize, you know what, I, I haven't been going to church a whole lot, and I've, 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 I'm far away from Him. Or maybe, maybe you did get lost in the house. Maybe some somewhere in the house, 
you just, you just fell under the, the night lamp and no one found you. Or, or maybe you decided one day, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm out, I'm gone. I'm going to go do something else. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're really lost. Maybe, maybe you don't know your way home. But I, I know that everybody in this room today has one thing in common. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the good news is this today. This man received sinners. This man received the sinners. He threw a party for his son that was dead and was now alive, that was lost and was now found. And as he threw the party, his brother was in the field. I'm closing. As he began to throw the party, the brother was in the field, and the brother came and, and drew nigh to the house, and, and he heard music, and he heard dancing, and he called one of the servants and he said, what, what, are we, what are we excited about? What are we having a party for? And the, the, the servant said to him, your brother is come. And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he have received him safe and sound. Here it goes. He was angry. See, these are the scribes and the Pharisees. The first half of this message, he's preaching to the sinners. But the last few scriptures in this message... It's for them scribes and Pharisees standing over there saying, this man received the sinners as if it's some bad thing, as if that's the worst thing he could do is receive sinners. He said, yeah, the brother, he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Listen, there was a party going on. The brother would not go into the party, and the father is such a good father that he came out of the party. This is a good father. He, one son leaves on his own accord, and the father runs to get him and hu hugs him. The other son is mad because of everything his brother's done, and we're throwing a party for him, but the father would leave the party to go talk to his son. See, I, I don't care what side of the story you fall on, the father, the shepherd, the good woman of the house. <laughs> That he, he's that guy in the story. The father will leave the house and run and fall on your neck. Or he'll leave the party and come outside and say, man, come on in. You ought to come in. Come into the party. And he answered and said to his father, verse 29, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. I've been a good boy, and you never threw a party for me. I've been perfect, and you never threw a party for me. See, this wasn't about his brother. This was about a party. He said, but as soon as thy son has come, watch this, in verse 30. In verse 30, this is the only way, this is the only way we know how the brother spent his money. It's because the brother told his business. He said, as soon as your, come, your son come home, which have devoured thy living with harlots, It's so easy for us to point out other people's sins sometimes, ain't it? It's so easy for us to look at what other people got going on and, and, and blast them out, how, how they messed up, and what they did wrong, how they did it, who they did it with. 
He said, as soon as I saw the sun come on, which had devoured that living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. The brother is not mad with the other brother. If you look at this right correctly, you'll see that the brother is mad with the father. He's upset that the father would go out of his way to accept this boy who's done all this wrong. He said, I'm mad at you because I've been here. I've done the job. I never complained. I never transgressed you. You never threw me a party. And now here comes your boy who spent all your money out there with harlots. And, and you threw him a party and you killed a fatted calf for him. not mad with the other brother he's mad with the father that the father would let him in we got to be careful that our churches don't become places that don't let people in we got to be careful that we don't look around and judge everything and everybody because really we're not mad with them we're mad with him that's why that's why here at truth chapel i'll tell you a thousand times I don't care what you do, I'll always let you walk through the door. I don't care what happens. I'll never, as long as God will let you walk through the door, who am I to tell you you can't walk through the door? As long as God will let you in, who am I to tell you you got to get out? No, sir, you can always come. The, the, the altar is always open. The room is always available. There's always a place for you at the cross. There's still room at the cross for you. I don't care. The, the, Bible, the, the song says, though millions have come, there's still room for one. Just come on. There's room. There's room. There's room. Come on in. You know why? Because this man received his sinners. This man received his sinners. But you see what he did? This man received his sinners. He, he was lost. This man receiveth sinners. This man sinned against you. This, he, this man receiveth sinners. He said unto him, Son, 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 you are ever with me. All that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found. He's saying to the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people, hey, you're the seed of Abraham. You're the seed of Abraham. You're the priest of Aaron. If I came for anybody, I came for you. But you can't see that. Because you're so busy, mad at me, that I would let them in. Matt upset with me that I would open the door for someone who doesn't look like you, talk like you, sound like you, smell like you. I want you to know that today that the doors of the church are open, have always been open. Because if we're going to be like this man, which is what the word Christian means, that we're Christ-like, then we have to receive sinners as well. And I want to tell everybody in this room, no matter what you've done, no matter your past, no matter your background, no matter the mistakes that you've made in your life, this man receiveth sinners. No matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how many highs, how many lows, how many wrong turns you've taken, whether you were lost because you just was not paying attention, whether you were lost because you were lost in the house, or whether you left 
because of the intention of your heart, I want you to know that this man receiveth sinners. And if you're sitting here today and you think you're so good, this message could not be for you. You need to come most of all. This man receiveth sinners. This man receiveth sinners. Pastor Chavis, you don't know where I've been. This man receiveth sinners. Pastor Chavis, I know this is Sunday morning and you're just trying to, you know, speak to our hearts. You're exactly right. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Christ. I've been anointed to preach. And my message for you today is this man receiveth sinners. But I've made too many mistakes. This man, <coughs> this man receiveth sinners. I've hurt too many people. This man receiveth sinners. I've gone too deep. This man receiveth sinners. You don't know, you don't know. Pastor Chavis, you don't know where I've been. You never walked a day in my shoes. This man receiveth sinners. Pastor Chavis, I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt. I'm so lost. This man receiveth sinners. I wonder today if you just stand with me right where you are. As you're standing, would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? I want to I want to send an invitation out today as every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to send an invitation out today for every person under the sound of my voice, whether you may watch this online, whether you may hear this a month from now on a podcast. I don't, it doesn't matter. For every person listening, if you're a sinner, there's room at the cross for you. This man receiving sinners. You don't have to be perfect. That's a lie from the devil. You don't have to have it all together. That's not true. You don't have to have everything just right. That's not how this works. This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Not only does he want to save you, but he wants to have a relationship with you. No longer shall you be called a servant, but you shall be called a son. Galatians chapter 4. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. Why return ye again to the weak and beggarly elements of the world? You are a son. You are a daughter. This man receiveth sinners. Maybe this has not been a revelatory message for you today. Maybe, maybe you've heard this kind of preaching before. That's fine. I'm not here to preach. For, 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 for any kind of accolades or anything like that. But I felt in the Holy Ghost today to preach to somebody who's sitting in this room that no matter where you are, no matter how far you are away, in the wilderness, in the house, or in a far off country, this man receiveth sinners. And as your head is bowed, as your eyes closed. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.